All right, all right, all right. Today, this is one of my favorite, 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 favorite topics to talk about today. And it is the bulletproof listing presentation. What is the best of the best of the best? And we all need to be doing a lot more of it right now. So we're going to get started here and go a little deep for a second because I've been doing a lot of coachings today. And one of the last ones I was doing was kind of fun because it was a um, agent who's been um, in the business for a while, but newer to our company in, in the Orlando marketplace. And we had a great, great, great call. And we're talking about buyers versus listings and what should be done to get the listings the right way. And too many people have been tricking themselves into thinking that you're actually working with a seller when you're realistically working with a with a thinker. So I know when we talk about this often and it's how do you know oh you have a seller versus if you have a thinker. And there's three things. And I want you guys to kind of take notes on this one and, and write it down because I want you to hold yourself accountable to this. Because if you go on our, our theme is one good solid pre-qualified appointment a week, we'll throw 11,000 bucks in your bank account after tax free cash flow, right? So the question is how much money do you need a month? That's 11,000 a month. So 11,000 a month is good for you. Then you need one good solid appointment a week. If you need 22 grand a month, then you need two. If you need 33 grand a month, then you need three. So I'm not going to let you simple, complicate any more than that. So if you need 11, 22, or $33,000 a month, that's how many appointments. So the tricky part is these three questions. Number one, do they have to sell their house? Right? Do they have to? Not do they want to. Do they have to sell their house? They are having twins. They're due in 45 days from now. They're in a two-bedroom. They're moving into a four-bedroom. They have to sell their house. That's a have to. So I would sell my house if I got the right price. That's not have to. So let me hit these three questions. So do they have to sell? Have to. Number two, do they know where they're moving? Like truly know. And number three, do they have a time frame they have to be somewhere? So these three questions, do they absolutely have to sell? Number two, do they know where they're moving to? And number three, do they have a time frame to where they need to be? So when you go through your leads, the first thing to do is say, is this seller a seller or is it a thinker? Nothing wrong with a thinker, but don't trick yourself into that thinker is your appointment for this week because they're not. That's called lead follow-up and that's called you walking them through the funnel until they're actually ready to become an appointment. But too many agents are making the mistake of talking to somebody. Like I had a buddy of mine called me the other day and he says, hey, Jeff, what are you doing? He goes down the street for me. He goes, why don't you come over and take a look at my, I got three houses here. What do you think we could sell them for? That's not a listing presentation. That's a buddy calling me asking for my opinion about what I think you can get for it, right? So to trick myself into thinking that would have been a listing appointment doesn't make any sense, right? Now it's a lead to follow up with. And one day he's going to say, you know what? Something happened in my life and I'm ready to sell now. Let's go. Now that's a listing appointment. But as you're going through your process and saying, okay, I need one good appointment this week. Do not let somebody sneak into your appointment section if they're just a, a thinker. So do they have to sell? Do they know where they're moving? And do they have a time frame where they have to actually be somewhere? So any comments on that? Anybody guilty of allowing thinkers to be camouflaged as sellers and sucking your time and wasting your time? And I like good interaction on these type of classes. So raise your hand and we'll pass you the mic. I'd love to have you guys kick in if you want to there.
So Natalie, never the shy one. <laughs> Welcome back. How are you? Yeah. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, we just actually went through that. We have a neighbor who invited us over and they don't know where they want. They know that it's a good market. They have to sell to buy. They have an idea where they want to go, but what they want is a dream. And, um, you know, we went over there all prepared listing presentation <laughs> and it just, yep. I think it's just going to be a, a huge time suck of, you know, looking for the impossible and working with, um, unmotivated sellers. So, yeah, because look, every one of us is a seller. Let's be realistic for a second. I mean, I know right now my house is worth more than it's ever been ever. And it's stupid not to sell it, but the facts are there's nothing else around that I'd rather buy that's nicer. Right? Yeah, where are you that's, going? <laughs> where am I gonna go? Right? I, I would go if there was a, I'm, there's nicer houses, but there's just no nicer house on the market right now. So I'm not a seller at all. I don't have to sell. I don't know where I'd be moving to, and I have no time frame where I have to actually be somewhere. So I am just like the worst. And, and we have every to be careful. one of you. Like with when you drop when you what you're leaving behind because then they'll just turn around and stick sign out. So that's right. Don't leave that's it. right. <laughs> but but like the one you just went to, that's still a great lead. And you yeah. just put them in the CRM and follow up with them every couple of weeks until they're actually ready and start sending them comps and set them up on on flash reports and hot sheet reports so they can see what's going on in the marketplace. Uh, by no means I'm saying don't go over there, but don't trick yourself into thinking that was your appointment this week. <laughs> because it's not going to work and too many people like and, and worst case is buyers guys we're not talking about buyers today but if you're putting a buyer in that doesn't have to buy right now you're super wasting your time especially in this marketplace because whatever if they're not buying until next month whatever if they can't buy today what you're going to show them today is going to be off the market by this weekend so it's a super waste of time so those three questions are the foundation i wanted i wanted to make sure that we hit today is do they have to sell like have to and what what are some other reasons that you have to sell your house you're broke, you get a job transfer, you got a divorce, right? Something happening in your life that you actually have to sell. So our job is to kind of keep on cranking out there until you find somebody that actually has to. The second one, do they know where they're moving? Not a nicer house somewhere. It's, hey, yeah, I'm moving to Asheville and my job starts on March 1st. Now you're good and there's your time frame. there's where you're going, now they have to sell. So stop tricking yourself into thinking, thinkers or sellers that's the first thing i wanted to make sure that we talked about here today and any other comments on that one raise your hands anybody want to kick in it's a good confessional time to say okay i get it i get it i get it i screwed up i did it because it does definitely happen here so because it's on this one here the steps what we're talking about today is the steps and everything's a process My, i always talk about this like processes become normal when they become a habit like driving driving is my best example of it like when i took my son to school this morning i didn't even think about it but i followed a process of getting into the car i unlocked the door i got into the car i put the key in the ignition i put my foot on the brake right and then i turned the key now if i hadn't put my foot on the brake when I tried to turn the ignition, my car wouldn't start. You guys get that? Because I didn't follow the process that gets me to the right sequence. So if I just jumped in and turned the key without my foot on the brake, I never would have gone anywhere. So if you're running this business like a true business, then what we want to do is start cranking down and, and just hit it. So the first one is, these are the steps that we're going to hit through today. So it's 
practice, they're all P's, there's six P's. So it's practice, prospect, pre-qualify, prepare, present, and process, right? So I'll hit them again. So practice, prospect, pre-qualify, prepare, present, and process. And I want to hit each of these with a little bit of um, in-depth there for a second. So practice, and I'm going to add something in here to practice well, because if you practice being crappy, then you're just going to perfect your crappiness, right? So I want to practice and practice your, your presentation, practice your prospecting, practice everything. And I wrote down a couple of thoughts I want to make sure you guys are reminding yourself on, because why would you prospect if you didn't practice? It doesn't make any sense at all. You're going to go try to find a listing and you haven't even really practiced how you actually sound when you're talking with people. It doesn't make any sense. So are you recording yourself? So I'm curious, raise your hand if you have an app that you're using that's working, but I, are you recording yourself when you're practicing? Like when you're saying, hey, this is Natalie and blah, 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 blah. Do you know how you sound? Are you tracking your upswings versus your downswings? Are you mirror and matching properly? Are you repeating what they're saying? Are you proving what they're saying, right? What's your feedback? How is your communication? How is your connection? How, what's going on? And if you're practicing your, your practice and you're recording your practice and you're gonna see how you're sounding, and as importantly, you should be recording your prospecting because if you're actually, let's say you're at the door of a for sale by owner, you should have your recording app on so you can later that night play back your session to see how you actually sounded. If you're on the phone with somebody as an absentee owner from Chicago, you should be recording that session. So you can lis listen back later and say, hey, did, did I connect with them? Did I, did I match them well? Were they Ds? Were they Is? Were they Ss? Were they C personalities? Were they visual? Were they auditory? Were they kinesthetic? Like, what am I actually doing? Did I do a good job? Or honestly, where did I suck? Right? Where did I blow it? because you can't get better unless you figure out where you're blowing it. And I don't care what level you're at. To get to a next level, you gotta be next level with your communication too. And if you don't change what you're doing, you're never gonna get more than where, any further than where you are. So you know your level of skill and connection and communication has got you to the bank account level that your bank account has right now. It's just the facts of it all. And if you're happy with that, keep doing what you're doing. But if you have a next level and you wanna get a little bit further, then you need to practice some more skills. You need to either up, your game as far as people you're talking to. And when you're talking to more people, you might as well sound better when you talk with them. So you don't have to talk to a ton of people, you have to talk to fewer additional people. So those are the bullet points, the mirror and matching the upswings and the repeating and improving and recording yourself and, and just really connecting. Any questions on this or comments and raise your hand, I'll pass you the mic and any clarifications or comments on, on these, this simple thing about practicing recording yourself. No good. Hey, Puma, we sounding all right? I'm still. I'm getting the poor connection. Find a stronger signal. Thing is the audio coming through? Yeah, audio's been fine. Okay, cool. Just making sure on that one. So that's the the whole. The, that's the first one. Is the P? Is the is the practicing? So making sure you're connecting. We'll do a lot more. I think we got another class coming up on that another uh, next week. So that's the practice part. So that's the first P is the practice. Second P is the prospecting, and. But let's talk about this. Mike, you jump in on this one a little bit too. I wrote down what I always like to say is we're going to find one good appointment a week, but I wrote down pick a lane where people are screwing up is 
and I see some of you on the line, I know very well about how you're running your business is you'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you'll do some sphere, you'll do some FISBOs every once in a while, you hit an expired, you're going to do some LinkedIn, you'll hit some Instagram, do some Facebook, take a referral, um, take a reload deal, take a this, take a that, and you just scatter it all over the place. And it works, but it's frustrating. So it's- Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's one of the most common issues that I see in hundreds of agents that I've talked to is that very issue right there, is just picking a lane and being able to commit to it and stay in it. Um, it's tough, right? And I get it because unless you're really established, especially in the beginning, newer agents want to take anything that comes their way. And I think one thing that Jeff will, will definitely hit on is that's fine, that can be a strategy, but that also can quickly lead you down a path that won't get you to where you want to be, at least long-term. So the fastest way to get to where you want to be is actually to put blinders on, pick a niche, pick a lane is what we call them, and get really, really, really good at it. Um, and so we try and take our agents, focus them in that lane, take as much content that we've created about that particular lane, and give it to them, and focus in and that tends to play out very well at least in the long term um, so i'm with you i think that is one of the biggest most common issues that most agents have and it's an easy trap to fall into but it's definitely something that uh that's probably holding you back but i was just talking with um marquita's newer agent with us over in winter park market and um i talked with her she had a couple questions about setting up her business and getting things going. She's been doing this for a long time, but we were going through what was the lane going to be because she's done significant business over the last nine years in the industry and still doesn't have a clear focus as far as what she wants to do. So everything works and that's the biggest problem in this industry. And she goes, oh, I don't know, should I buy some Zillow leads or realtor.com or should I take some Revo and all that other stuff? I'm like, I don't know. What, what do you want? And what, what do you want? She's married. She's got her husband's income. You know, her income is is accretive to the family and all those other things. But there was no none of the real why. So I'm like, well, why the hell would you try to buy it? Spend a couple grand on Zillow leads to get a bunch of deals you don't really need. Why don't we just get one or two good deals a month and bring an extra seventy grand home, eighty grand home to the family? But but do it easily and do it by design. Just do it deliberately. And in order to do that, you got to put the blinders on. You got to prospect down one lane. Well, you don't. You could aggravate the shit out of yourself if you want to, just be on a hamster wheel from hell for the rest of your career if you want to. I don't want to do that. Right. So I'm going to zero in on focus. So let's focus on a couple things. So this is a great example. And we said, okay, how many? She got about 700 Facebook friends and you know, equivalent on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And she's lived in the market for 24 years. She's got a pretty good spirit going on there. I said, well, then there's no other lane that you need if you don't mind talking with your sphere, right? And some of you on, on right now have a very similar situation, but even, even more followers. The only thing you need to do is tap into that market. You need one person a week that wants to do something, right? One person a week. You need really one person every other week. Two deals a month is more than enough to, to make the goals that you wanted to go do. But one appointment, one good one a week is, is it. So it went down to what are we going to actually do? And hers is going into 
run auto networks like we talked a little about yesterday and and reach out to everybody in her sphere and her tribe and post some more videos to get some more engagement and those who are engaging on the videos she's going to re-engage with and reach out via messenger and say hey sheila thanks for reaching out how are the kids what's going on how's life and then it's going to roll into real estate and how's the business and the market's awesome except we have a big problem we don't have any inventory hey you know people i don't know who's getting married who's getting divorced blah 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 blah, blah. you guys all know the drill how that evolves so but the the whole thing that's picking a lane and say i'm going to for an hour and a half a day block myself into a corner and I'm going to reach out to every single person that's in my network and I'm going to talk to 15 of them a day and I'm going to have a real estate conversation that's going to lead to I need your help you know people I don't know who's willing to go do something and that alone I guarantee you will create business guarantee you and then outside of that the second thing is all we were going to do is she was going to be able to swerve right because (laughs) you're able to swerve if you get permission to swerve and her swerve is going to be to hit some absentee owners in Winter Park, the, the neighborhood that she's working in. She's she's had some pretty good business in. So, but that's it. So, but she's got to cut herself out from any other possibility and no other options. Like you can't do anything else. If you're going to do anything else, then don't bother asking me to help you because I can't coach you down a million lanes. It's impossible. It's a waste of everybody's time. So pick a lane and get good and get focused and find one good solid appointment a week. And there's plenty of them out of 700 people. You really have probably a hundred that, that are engaging with you and engage with them back and find one person guys, right? That's it. And if you're, if your lane is Zillow leads, then go all in, just get damn good at, at pre-qualifying and connecting and over the phone, telephone techniques and closing topics and just get better and record yourself and get better and get better, get better. Maybe you're a remind absentee beast. Maybe you're a canceled listing converter right maybe you're a fisbo door knocker maybe you're a teardown special it doesn't matter but don't be more than one thing right for this quarter right commit for q1 to be the best something that you could possibly be for that quarter right so that's the second piece we got practice then we got prospect right and how many people do you need to talk to is a common question all the time the answer is as many people as you need to until you get one good solid appointment a week you might luck out and that your fourth call is somebody who wants to is ready to list their house because they're just got a job transfer. Score. You win. You might not get anybody Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, and you might have to make some calls on Saturday and text or video text, whatever you want to do until you find one. So it's just getting all in on those. So that's that's the prospect and it's pro, it's practice first and then it's prospect on there. Comments, confessions. Ideas, thoughts, anything to add to that one? There you guys, the mic. Shy ones today. Shy, shy, shy. So, third one is pre qualify hard. Right? So, we have the six P's practice, prospect, pre qualify, and I'm putting in hard on this one. Like you, you have to, we have major, major, major problems. One of the, um, coachings I was doing earlier today, we were talking about an agent who has a listing and this is an interesting, um, case study on this one, a listing that she has and two offers came in and it's about a $400,000 listing. And so one offer came in cash about 9,000 off of asking price. The second one came in um financing um and asking for five thousand dollars in closing costs right so all in all 
a little similar, but not similar. But here's the problem. The all cash offer came in with no proof of funds. Right. And the financing offer came over with no pre-approval letter. So both of them suck. Right? Both agents did a crappy job. They just did because the listing agent sat there and we, were, we had a little group coaching earlier and said, I don't know which one to take. I don't feel comfortable with really the financing one because I don't have a pre-approval letter and you know they're asking for the closing costs. Does that mean they need money? They don't have any money? Are they broke? Are they just kind of grasping for straws? And you know, valid questions. And that alone means that the buyer's agent um, was crappy because they didn't do their job, which is to create comfort and trust in the transaction. So here's a listing agent not comfortable with the offer that was presented because the buyer didn't pre-qualify them well. Now we have to do their job and pre-qualify their buyers. How's that right? We're happy to do it because we represent our sellers and we're going to do a great job. But now we have to say, okay, who? I see that you say you're going to get a mortgage. Who are you getting your loan through? Who's the loan officer? What's their phone number? Now I got to take time out of my damn day to do your job to find out if your people are broke ass bitches and they can afford a house, right? And if they're not, did they actually sign up a loan app, right? Did they actually give you their pay stubs? Do you have their tax returns? Do you know how much money they have? Where have you sourced their funds? Where's their down payment coming from? Are they real? Can they buy this? Is his credit good and her credit bad? How are they going through the process? Are they a real candidate? Because I'm not gonna suggest to my seller that they can even consider this offer until they have the answers to these questions. Right? Doesn't make any sense at all. So why that buyer's agent presented an offer without of that stuff is, is beyond me. It's sloppy. And in this type of market, it's it's malpractice, in my opinion. It's just crappy. And then just as bad is the cash buyer. Right? Cash buyer, let's say that let's say that Mike Puma was buying a, a house and he's sending an offer and it's cash. Right? Mike can buy it. Maybe, but if I don't know Mike, I see Mike's name on a contract, I don't know anything about him. So to do a, the right job would be, hey, if the buyer's agent should have said, hey, Mike, who, where do you bank? Bank of America? Cool. Who do you work with? I work with a guy named Scott at the Orlando branch. Okay, cool. Let's, let's call him up. Get him on the phone real quick. Let's let's get him on a message. And hey, Scott, it's Jeff Bag at Century 21. Listen, reason I'm calling is I work with Mike Puma. I know you, he's one of your banking clients. We're putting in an offer for you know 480000 bucks on this house. And I really need you to shoot me over an email that says, um, I'm Mike Puma's personal banker. Mike has adequate funds in order to purchase the property in um, Champions Gate for 480,000 bucks, right? Send me, sign it, shoot it over to me. Now I'm gonna take that proof of funds letter and submit it with the offer. And if Mike has 14 million bucks in the bank, I don't want the damn letter to say he has 14 million bucks in the bank. So I'm gonna say he has adequate funds to purchase a $480,000 house here at 123 Any Street. Now that buyer's agent did a really good job to make that happen, right? So it's all about pre-qualifying the right way. And from a seller perspective, we gotta do the same thing. Like, why are they moving? Where are they going? Do you have to sell your house? And I was talking to an agent of ours today, called me today and he said, hey, I'm thinking I found a condo I wanna go buy. And will you talk it through with me? I said, sure, because all of us are bumbling idiots when we try to do real estate on our own behalf because we're emotionally attached to the transaction. So we started asking questions and I said, what are you going to do with your house? And I said, I don't know. We're probably going to sell it. And I said, well, okay. Why? Is there any possibility you can keep it? Well, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that one. Well, do you have to sell it to buy the other one? Well, no. 
I figured we'd just sell it and just keep the cash. Well, why would you keep the cash? You have anything else you're going to do with the cash? I don't know yet. But then why would you sell one of the largest assets of your life that's worth more and appreciates better than anything else you ever owned in the long term? Like, shit, keep it. So I do that with every listing client. Try to talk every one of your listing clients out of listing. You know what happens? They either become really qualified sellers or they become not sellers and either one's okay. So pre-qualified, do you really have to sell this house? Because the reality of it is if you have at least and it covers your mortgage or plus some, it actually is an asset rather than a liability and it's not going to hurt your debt to income. Right, so you've got all kinds of opportunities to coach them out there. Do you have to sell this house? Why do you have to sell this house? Where do you want to move? Are you committed to this area? Which of the markets you're willing to move into? This one or this one or this one or this one? You're not ready yet. You don't know where the hell you're moving. Right? Until you could tell me I'm going to move into the Shady Oak subdivision because that's where I want to be and that's it. I want to work on this street or this street or this street and we're committed. You don't know where the hell you're moving to. Right? Your seller. you got to pre-qualify your seller to make sure they're real sellers. Right? And are you going to be realistic about what's going on in the marketplace? And we have the pre-qualifying scripts. I'm sure all you guys do too. But the pre-qual script is is very intense. You know, if what I say makes sense and you can agree on price, you plan on the higher enemy when I come over to day at three. Good. But let me ask you a couple of questions. Where are, you, where are you moving? What's your time frame? All this stuff. If you need the thing, send me a message. I'll shoot you the scripts if you don't have any good ones. But you got to pre-qualify super, 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 super well. And if they're not ready yet, do not put it on the market. We've had this happen before where agents get a good listing, it sells immediately, the buyers have nowhere to go. And then now they're freaked out or the sellers have nowhere to go because now they're buyers and they can't find anything they want. And now they're absolutely freaking their asses out. Now it happens even worse when little did they know that somebody forgot to make a payment last year and they were went 60 days behind because they were distracted and they had a credit card that they forgot to pay just all by accident. And now their credit took a hit and they don't really know about it. So they can't really qualify for a new house right now. And their house is under contract. Why would we do that? Right? So pre-qualify your sellers to become buyers or else don't let them buy, especially in a market like this, they're going to be homeless. It's not a good, it's not a good situation there. So it's practice, those six P's practice, prospect, pre-qualify. Those are the three main ones there. Questions, comments, thoughts, and pre-qualifies. Talking too much here, Puma. You need to. <laughs> no, so that's the key. Practice, pro prospect, pre-qualify, and then as we get a little bit further, is preparing. Now, how I prepare and how we prepare collectively as a group and as a tribe here in in, in our company is what do you do? Like we we always go preview the house before you go on a listing presentation and i'm happy to debate that with anybody but to not in my opinion which isn't necessarily right to give somebody a price on their house without you having your butt in that house to look at it and smell it and see it and feel it is is not right so we actually have a little document that we leave behind and go through it and we ask questions and the questions are you know questions about the house and the age of certain items inside the house and a couple more pre-qualifying questions and figuring out what's going on. And then we actually do a leave behind about you know, what questions do you want to ask? If you happen to talk to another agent, what questions should you be asking them? And it just builds up our value. So 
if you're not previewing the house, and this is before you even do a CNA or we call it a spa, but previewing them and get there, go look at the house, go check everything out, find out as much as you can find out. And we just have a guiding document that walks you through and then questions to leave them. So that's part of the preview. And then you start to build your case to figure out what is this house that you're about to go and what is it? And then we go through a strategic pricing analysis. We give them a sample of it and say, hey, when I come back, this is what I'm going to have filled out for you. So that's the preparation. This is before we've done any work. I'm not going to do any pricing until I've seen the house. I'm not going to do pricing until I pre-qualified for them, but they're actually real sellers. And to Natalie's um, point earlier, she was went on a listing presentation before she requalified them, they weren't actually ready. I said she wasted a couple hours of her life. She could have been doing other stuff. So that's the that's the process on that. And then as far as the presentations actually going, we've got to get get really strong on that. And yeah. yes, Natalie. Hey, yeah. Hey. Um, good stuff here. Uh, what is your take on um, protecting your schedule and having this? Um, I was on a call this morning and it, it kind of, <clears throat> it, it made me get uncomfortable because, you know, I don't, com the thing was about competing for listings and they were kind of going on about, I don't compete for listings. And I'm like, oh my God, like it, that was just so uncomfortable because of course I'm hungry. And I'm going to compete and I'm going to go for it. But there's so many agents out there that have this attitude of, I'm not going to compete um, for listings. You know, if, if, if this referral is, and it kind of made me get like, oh my God, is that in your opinion, is that elevating you to the point of, wow, this, this agent's really good. I probably should have just gone for them or how, what do you, what is your take on that? While I, an agent would say, I don't compete for listings. Like I, if you're going to put me up against somebody else, I'm going to just not even going to go with you like that type of thing. I'm, I'm too, I'm too good to, yeah. to, to be insulted. Right. Yeah. That type of mindset. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love that. I said, well, I, you know, you could turn that a bunch of different ways, right? Number one, I, I would suggest, Hey, that would put up some warning signs to me as a seller. Like, are they not willing to go apples to apples on their offering package? And if they, if they don't think they can compete and stand up for their value, how are they going to do it when it comes time to negotiating the best deal for you when an offer comes in in your house? Like, don't you want a salesperson? Don't you want somebody that has some sales skills? Don't you have somebody that knows how to present their offering package? Because guess what? Your house is going to become my offering package. Don't you want to see how I sell? Don't you want to see how I process? Don't you want to see yeah, how so I actually package? It was, uh, I don't do destructive abundance. I don't interview for listings. Um, it's, it's about getting to where the demand is higher. I don't know. It's just... It's a good spin, but it also makes me Miss Nice Girl, you know, feel like, oh, uh, wow, I guess she's too good for us. Uh, okay, moving on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. You know me, and yeah, I like, I like the, I like the sport. Yeah. Right. I like, I like the competition, and I would, me personally, I would spend that if, if a seller said that to me that, um, I was talking to another agent who said that. They don't compete for listings. Like, what was the context that, that even came up in the conversation? Like, how would they even say that to you? Or yeah, it's you know, I went on a listing where they had like they were interviewing like five or six agents, and they had specific time slots. Slots, and of course, pressure on me. I was like, oh my god, you know, I got to perform, and I thought I did damn good, but you know, then we don't get it, and then you figure out why, and and then it just puts that 
did I just waste my time or did was it that I'm just going to chalk that up as a practice? Well, I think you chalk that up into a big ass learning opportunity and ask the sellers and say, who did you pick and why? And why was it not me? And I don't want, I don't have any harsh feelings. I want to know so I can better my business because yeah, I want to know if Well, we if know the out, reason why. We know the reason why. Was it price or was it, did she Discounted promise certain commission. things? Well, there you go. Well, that that's the, if that's the real answer, don't assume it. You got to ask it, right? Because if that's right. really, if maybe that's not what it was. Maybe it was because she said she had a website that promoted it in Swahili, right? You yeah. never know what their hot button was. So as long as we know whatever, whatever that really was, that might've been the thing. And if it was a discounted commission, and then I would say, hey, let me ask you a question. Did you sign anything yet? Is this a done deal? Or because can I tell you why that makes me a little bit nervous? Right? And then you can go into objection handling mode and say, God, if they didn't, they just, they just rolled over and told you they were going to take less. Then they make you nervous and they're going to do the same thing when a low ball offer comes in on your house. If they don't have enough courage to stand up to you regarding their own self-worth, how are they possibly going to stand up to you in defending the value in your home? Right? I thought you wanted somebody right. to add some value and some sales skills. Right. But that's only if you have the opportunity to, to still sell and present a little bit. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's an inter interesting play. I mean, I know it's fun. You know, there's some good, super, superstar, high power agents in every marketplace. And it's fun to be able to sell against them if they don't want, if they take themselves out of the competition rates. I don't know. I think it's fun. I don't, yeah. I don't Thank think you. that's a good strategy. Not my favorite strategy, but it may work for some. Cool. What else? Any other comments or thoughts? Brent, Danielle? Are we good? Dash, how are you? Welcome into the room here. So before we go into the, our, our presentation process is pretty simple. I mean, it's a standard stock presentation and it's a script. Thanks for having me over. Let's take five, 25 minutes. Have a seat at the kitchen table. I got three important questions for you. It's an adapted. I was raised kind of Mike Ferry-ish. So I kind of just like having a process and just go through it. So it's evolved with a little Matthew Ferry and a little NLP action. It's kind of just evolved into that. So. I know that my presentation is the exact same presentation to no matter which client it is, right? Anytime, every time, the exact same thing. It's thanks for having me over. Let's take five, 20 minutes. Sit your butt at the kitchen table. Let's get through it. Here's the price. Here's the competitors. Here's the pressure. What do you want to get started? The exact same presentation every single time because it's rude not to. And let me explain why it's rude not to. It's rude not to because if they don't, if I am wondering about the words I'm going to say next, guess what I can't be paying attention to? Them, right? I cannot pay attention to giving them a great experience. And by giving them a great experience, I mean making sure that they're comfortable and they have trust. How do they have trust? Because people like people are like themselves. So if I'm not actually paying attention to their facial expressions and their hand postures and their gestures and their movements and their vocabulary and their pauses and their breathing patterns and all that other stuff. I mean, you can get into blink rates and, and just breathing and all kinds of crazy stuff, but you can't even touch the surface until you're actually comfortable with the words that you're going to say. Like, you're never going to trip me up on my words on a presentation because I know my shit, right? And if I have the exact same presentation for every single person, you can't trip me up. Now, I no one's going to beat me on a presentation because it's it's a presentation. And it's the exact same words, but the delivery may be different because if I'm presenting to an 80 year old from Kentucky at three o'clock and I have a six o'clock listing presentation with a, a grandson from New York, 
same words. The whole thing, but if you're not, if you don't have a specific presentation that you use your go-to, guys, you're gonna you're you're shooting yourself in the foot because now you're looking insecure and unprepared, especially if you're just printing out a cloud CMA or something can that four other agents have given them the same stack of paper. And what's the point? Like, why did you even bother? Why did you even bother? Right? And a presentation to me is truly that it's a present you're presenting yourself, your company, your brand, everything, right? When you're there, it's a presentation and it should be polished. And now if it's your cousin's, that you were drinking with last week and you know it's a lay down, I still think you should do the presentation. Say, hey, look, I know we were out and we're buddies and we're friends and I appreciate you wanting to give me the business, but I never wanted you to give me business because we're friends. I want you to see how good we are. So let me take a moment and just go through the presentation that I work that I use with my clients and just take about five, 25 minutes to have a seat at the kitchen table. Then when we're done, we can bullshit a little bit, but I want you to see what I'm actually bringing to the table. So you're excited to hire me as a professional, not just a friend, right? And that's important. And because wait, Many people, we just get these laid down listings and we just take them. But I promise you, somewhere in their head is, God, should we have done this? You know, we get this postcard every week from Susie from Aardvark Real Estate. And maybe we should have called Susie. I know she's your friend. But, I mean, take all that out of the equation. Make sure that they hire you because you're good, too, on that. Any comments on that? Thoughts? Are you using your presentation? Are you using the same presentation every single time? Kind of curious from... From Brent, from your perspective, or Dash and Natalie or Jamie, and is it consistent? If I followed you and I snuck in on your last three listing presentations, would they have resembled each other? And the next one you're going on, is it going to resemble the last ones that you did? Cool. Thanks for raising your hand, Brent. What's happening? Uh, no, would be the answer for that. Okay. <laughs> and I think. Uh... <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I tend to go in and just free with it, you know, build, you know, try to build a relationship and all that. And I can see where I had one. I'm actually taking pictures right now. One, a listing I just got today. So, but uh, yesterday I had a, a listing appointment and the guy just walked all over me because I did not have a set, a set thing to control it. Like you said earlier. Yep. And, and that's, you just nailed it too. It's the control. Because yeah. only one person's in control on a presentation, and it, it's got to be you. This is the largest financial transaction in their life, guys. And if you let them take control, then they're going to ask you the questions. You're going to be on defense, and it's not going to end well. I mean, you've got to come up and be kind of the alpha in these in these in every one of these situations. Now, you can be an alpha in a very sweet, control like controlled, nice, trusting manner that you don't maybe don't seem like one, but you've got to take control. Because and they're going to have to appreciate it. People appreciate it. So now the listing you're in right now, how did you get it? What was the source of it, Brent? It was a referral. Okay. From a friend or a past client or what? No, a referral from just came in on a, on a floor call and nobody else would answer the phone. Ah, got to love those too. Okay. <laughs> $300,000. That's not bad. Yeah. Pays to answer your phone. So yeah, I mean, the simple thing is that, hey, I'm so, so glad to to get an opportunity to own your business a little bit. Let me just share with you real quickly how I kind of run my business. And I have a little process. First thing I want to go do is I'd like to come over and take a look at your house. I have a preview. I go through some checklists and, and really dot my eyes, cross my T's, take a look at your house and make sure I understand our product that we're going to bring to market. 
And so can I come over at three o'clock or three thirty, and we'll start the process there. Like who took control over that? Yeah, that's true. It's over. Now I'm going to go over there and then I'm going to be the one asking questions. And the one who's asking questions is the one who's in control. So I'd say, great. I'm, thanks for letting me in. Let's take a look. Here's a couple questions I have for you. Hey, how old is that roof? When's the last, what's the last improvement you guys did? Where, where did you get these appliances? How old are they? What, anything else? Why don't you buy the house? And, and they're on defense, they're on defense because I'm the one asking the questions and just taking control and say, great. Sounds good. I'll see you tomorrow at four or four 30. We'll go for pricing. Which one's better for you? Right. And now that you just got up on their heels because anybody else who might be competing with you is not going to take control because guys, most of our competitors are just kind of bumbling around and they're just relying on themselves, the referral or their past sales or something in the, in the past to just say, hey, I'm here. How you doing? Here's the list of my past sales. Here's my cloud CMA. You know, it's really pretty. And, you know, let me tell you about this and my dog and all that other stuff. And they just ramble on. And the reality of it is they don't care. They don't want to know you. They don't want another friend. Guys, we don't even have time for the friends that we currently have. Last thing we really want is another one, right? And the sellers, they're moving. They don't want another friend. They're getting their ass out of town. All they want to know is, are you the right person I should put in control of handling the largest financial transaction in my life? Prove it to me, right? Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? That's the only three questions I really want to know the answer to, but they don't answer. They don't ask that. They just, that's what they're searching for. So you come over and you, take control in a nice way, they're going to say, this is the guy, this is the girl. I feel comfortable. They know their shit, right? and especially as you're building rapport along the way, using mirror and matching and you know, learning their processes and feeling comfortable and vocabulary and eye contact and posture and all that. That's the secret guys. That's where the money really comes is you just providing value, just providing the trust, the ability for them to trust you. Do they really want to interview five agents? No. They want you to come in and make them feel better and offer to cancel the other four appointments for them. That's really what they want. So give them what they want on that one. This is a little, little off, other, off that, off of that, but the sim very similar, which where I struggle with my listing presentations. I'm great with buyers because I, I know I know construction. I know all the stuff that's answer and show. I'm good with that. When I go in with listings, I have this thing back in my head that I'm not the master marketer like the other guy or girl. Why? I, I don't. Why do you think I that happens? I have no idea. It's I, it's a it's a block that I've got in my head. I think I just feel like they're doing something that I'm not. Okay. And that's, well, that's a, I, I guess I don't know the tricks of what they're doing. So I have to haven't looked in the background of what all the stuff they're doing. And you're talking about the other people you're competing with for the listings. Yeah. I've only been doing this. I'm coming into my third year. Okay. Okay. The reality of it is guys, if we're being honest, does marketing really matter in a market like this? No. Probably not. I'll be the one to tell you, no, the listing you're taking pictures of right now will be under contract by Tuesday. Okay. And your pictures could be shitty iPhone pictures, which you're probably doing or not doing, but I won't judge you, even though I'll judge you quietly to myself. I um, wouldn't call them shitty. I'm pretty good. At it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, because that my side note on that one is everything you're doing right now is to sell it to your next listing lead. 
And when the neighbor down the street clicks on this because they have a saved search for their neighborhood, and when that goes live tomorrow, they're going to click on the pictures. And if they're not, I'd like for them to be, wow, oh my God, that's amazing. I've been in that house. The house is shitty. Look at these pictures. It makes it look like a show place. That guy's amazing. That's what I want to happen. And for the hundred bucks to get a photographer to come do that, to showcase you as an amazing marketer is worth it just for the whole sole purpose of the guy down the street that's thinking about selling and is internally interviewing agents just by looking at their marketing. Just a, a different perspective to think about on that one. And I've, I've seen it play out many times over, over the years in this business. So, but, um, but that's just something, something to think about on that. But the, but the deeper question there is marketing in this market is not what we should be pitching, right? And in, in our market, and you're in, in St. Louis Metro. You're in St. Louis, right? You're, that's right. You're in St. Louis. So it's, I don't yeah. know if you're able to do agency. Like we have single agency in, in Florida. We can actually give full confidentiality, full loyalty, full obedience to one party, right? And not transaction brokerage. So we're able to kind of go in with the offensive and saying, look, I am here to kick the you know what out of the buyer side of this transaction. And I've got your back. And these are the things that I want to go do. So, you know, anybody can put an ad in. And we what we just got a one of the nicer listings that we've had was like a $4.7 million house right down the street. And he was planning on hiring one of the agents. We have them all in our marketplaces that's spending 10, 15, 20,000 bucks on the high glossy magazines and all that stuff. And of course, in that price point, they they feel that that's what that should be should be had. Right. So it was it was a tough conversation to have when they say, well, what's the marketing you're going to go do? I said, well, the reality of it, and I was working with one of our agents on this, so the reality of it is it's completely irrelevant. And if you're asking if we're going to put the double page high gloss luxury home magazine ads in, the answer is absolutely not, because I don't think it's wise to waste your money or mine. And it was kind of like a take back scenario. So, Here's the reality of it. You guys are moving. These people are actually moving to um, Winter Park, right? Central Florida. And I said, okay, well, let me show you what's really going on in the world. And the husband and the wife were sitting there. I said, open up your phone for a second. Let me bet you have two apps on your phone. One of them Zillow and one of them's Realtor.com. And the wife is laughing a little bit. She goes, yeah. I said, let me also guess that you have a safe search set up for the neighborhood or two or three that you want to move into. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, so when's the last time did you actually go try to find a magazine to see who has a house for sale in Winter Park? Or are you relying on like the year 2021 that actually everybody in the world is just like you and has a safe search out there? So the the value isn't attracting a buyer. The buyers are attracted naturally, guys. It's just it's a function of the world that we're in. We lost control of our marketing years ago when we gave it to Zillow. Right, when our MLSs actually gave our feeds to a third party, we lost all control of our marketing. It's over. Everything's at the exact level playing field. So the value comes from being able to really understand who the client is. When the phone rings and then the co-broke shows up and somebody comes through that front door, that's when the value comes. So here's what I want you to do is when you're comparing us to a competitor, this is what you need to steps foot out of their car 
I can tell you right away whether they're a D and I and S or C personality. I could tell you within about 14 seconds what their visual auditory or kinesthetic representational system is. I know how they're speaking. I know how to relate with them. I know how to make them feel extremely comfortable. And as they feel comfortable, they start to talk. When they start to talk, I could figure out what they want. Once I know what they want, I can help them hire. on is sales and sales skills. It's not a glossy magazine. It's not a marketing idea. It's the ability to do it, especially in a market like this. It's not going to be hard getting people in here. Literally, you can go hire Joe Blow Real Estate for 150 bucks and they can put you in the MLS and you just answer your phone and people will come look at your house. That's not what you're talking about. You need representation. You need strategy. You need advice. You need somebody to be able to take care of your best interests. And that's what you're hiring. So when you're comparing marketing budgets, that's the not the right thing to be comparing. What you should be comparing is who do you think is the best salesperson? Because that's who's going to put more money in your pocket. And that's a huge difference, guys. And that that's the game we're in right now. In this marketplace right now, you do not have anything special over your competitors. You do not have a marketing edge over your competitors. You could bullshit yourself all you want to, but you really don't. What you're bringing is you and your ability to close, negotiate, represent, and make sure the buyer's right and the deal closes. And that's what's going to earn our money. We more, we earn way more than we cost, right? Or else we wouldn't be in business. But you got to change the basis point and stop being like everybody else or else you're going to have problems. And then you're going to be just a commodity. And when you become a commodity, they beat up your price. When they beat up your price, they're going to keep beating up your price and it's just going to get worse. So really understand your value of and sell it and if they don't see it move on and find somebody who does because you only need one or two a month realistically to stop beating yourself up and trying to take more than you need i think you've answered that question before <laughs> a couple, of times, a couple of times. Yeah, but doesn't that make sense though yeah it does it definitely does and I, it's i knew it, it's just me self-defeating myself is what it is that's exactly what it is right there. Yes, Natalie. Hey, I just wanted to hey. chime. Hi. I wanted to chime in on this one because um, I was just asked to uh, say why I'm different. What 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 is it that Natalie does? That, why am I so different? And I have my bullet points, but it was what I've really been struggling. Like I need to expand on that and to like really like what you just said was really good because I know I'm a good negotiator. I know I've got drive and. I know I've got the sales and all that, but we could all say we have that. So I, it's just a matter of um, like what Brent was saying. He's, he's feeling that he's, you know, not as good as marketing and not as good as that. But I think just trying to, it's hard to focus on what our strengths are. And if we all had to write it down, um, it, it is a tough exercise. Like I had to call my mom and dad and I'm like, why am I good? <laughs> I don't even know. But you know me, Jeff, I've always been like this. Like I've always been like, I have a lot of self-doubt, but I just forge through it and I just try to prove that I'm all my self-doubt is wrong. And you can remember that exercise we did. I to this day it's like brings like red, I'm blushing over it because of that vision board. And that damn vision board, I brought in a three out of that huge poster board, and everyone else had like an eight and a half by eleven. I was so, oh my God, like I had these huge goals and dreams, but yet you know, putting down on paper why we are different and what makes us different is it's a really hard thing to pinpoint if you're not a gloating kind of person, you know, and it's not really a gloat. Just yeah, you're right. You need to be able to fire that answer off and it, yeah. 
And really it's the energy and your confidence is gonna precede you, right? So when you, when you, literally, when, when you walk through that door, they have seven seconds for them to decide whether or not to hire you. Game over. Yeah. It's over. They've already, they've watched you walk out of your car. They're looking at your face. They're feeling you're confident or not confident. They're seeing that you're carrying yourself shoes. and they're seeing if you could take control. Right. Yeah. And that, that's it. And you know, that, that's the difference. So, I mean, that's why I thought, that's why this is about following the process because the reality of it is I prospected, I found you. I followed up with your ass seven times before we actually got to the point where I'm ready to present. Right. I went over and I previewed your house. Right. I called you with a pre-qualifying script. I've asked you a million questions. Every one of these is a presentation, right? So this is just the next step. So there's no pressure. This is just the natural flow. Here's how I run my business. This is how I called you. This is what I do. This is my next step. And my next step is to come over and talk about pricing. At the end of that conversation, I'm going to show you the price range. I'm going to have you pick a price that we're going to get started with. That's just how we roll. This is what I do. If you don't want this, don't hire me. Right. right. And that's it. And I don't need you. I'll be fine. Right. You yeah. don't have to say that, but you kind of say that by saying that and saying, you know, Brent, let me tell you how I run my business. This is kind of how I would with all my seller clients. This is the process that I follow. I'm going to do a little bit of research. I'm going to come over and take a look at your house. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm going to leave a couple of questions with you. I'm probably going to do some research. I might call you with other questions. I'm going to come over and go over our pricing. And then we're going to pick a price to, to start marketing your house. And you're going to either hire me or you're not. Either way. Mm -hmm. So let's start the process. I'm going to come over and see the tomorrow at 3.30 or 4. Which one's better for you? Boom. I got control. I follow my process. If you don't like that, then tell me now. Yeah. And I really like how you you brought up, you know, some of these superstar agents out there that are, um, you know, spending 20 grand on lux the luxury magazines and all these, you know, high-end homes feel like that's where they need to be. So I like that spin on that. I really like that. And it's true, right? And especially yeah. in the market right now, I could I could design a beautiful spread for you and put it in luxury homes. But your house is going to be sold on Monday and the magazine deadline is next Thursday and it's not going to come out until March. So you know what that did? It stroked my ego. It didn't sell your house. Do you want me to stroke my own ego? That's fine. Right? Right. It doesn't sell your house. I thought you wanted me to sell your house, right? These are the conversations that, that come into it. It's logical and it's true. I mean, I'm not ever saying don't ever say anything that's true, but remember the sentence, right? People never change their mind, but they make new decisions based on new information. So they're never going to change their mind. They might think that high glossy magazine ads and, and is the way to go because somebody told them that, that they respect. So you're never going to tell them that's stupid, but you're going to say, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues the other day. We were talking about the high glossy magazines. And one of the conversation we were talking about was, does that really matter? And here's what we kind of led into the conversation. It, it really didn't. And here's why. Because let me ask you guys a question. You're moving to wherever. Do you have ser safe searches set up? Do you get an alert every day as far as when a new property comes on the market? That's how real estate's done now. Now, 1998, yes, you needed magazines. Right? 2002, they worked. This is 2021. Guys, everything's at your thumb. Right? It's not needed. It's not needed. Now, I could do some great marketing pieces for myself, which is all that is, but that just shouldn't be any relevance for you as far as whether or not I'm going to, you're going to hire me. So I love it. Yeah. Dial that up. And then the last part is just process and just do it right. And I'm sure you guys all have transaction coordinators. If you don't, you have somebody handling it or you handle it yourself, but just, that's just the natural process. So summary is practicing well. And guys, if you're not recording yourself, please start recording yourself. 
So practice, prospect, pre-qualify, prepare, present, and close. And that is what I wanted to touch on today. So hopefully you had a couple nuggets of ideas and any other thoughts or comments or questions while we're here. Happy to help. Jamie, anything? Natalie, anything? Rima, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Thanks for popping in. From Virginia. We're in Virginia, or if you want to pop out, if you're if you're not if you're not passively listening, raise your hand. I'll give you the mic. You can tell us all about you because you have some business to send your way. And if you're passively listening, don't worry about it. Jamie, any thoughts? There we go. Natalie again. Jamie again. Cool. I think both of you. Cool. Gang. Um, I, I guess uh, I've done what you said, but not realizing it in the past. When I was in Georgia with Berkshire Hathaway, we had, you know, like this 15 page um, uh, glossy uh, pamphlet to leave behind, you know, big, big and, and sexy. Uh, so I went, you know, I was always go through that systematically and then put my own stuff in there to, to differentiate myself between the other agents. Because sometimes I'd be up against other Berkshire Hathaway agents and, you know, usually I'd win. Um, I need to get better at doing that here in Florida and with Century 21. Um, but I think it does matter. You, you rely on the brand and then rely on yourself um, and just do it the same as much as you can every time. So you don't have to think yeah. about it so that you can now, think about them. Let me clarify a couple of things. I'm not, now we have got marketing pieces from a brand to help sell, you know, why you should hire us, right? But I'm talking about when they try to pigeon you hole and say, hey, Jamie, who, where are you gonna market my house? How much money are you gonna spend? Are you gonna do DuPont Registry? Are you gonna do Fine Homes Magazine? What are you gonna do? I see this magazine here, I get it every quarter. Are you gonna do this? It's 10 grand, right? That's what I'm talking about, trying to, to push that thought away because it's not, Unless that's the game you want to play, which is from an image perspective, what you want nah, to start attracting. <laughs> Not me. I don't need yeah. to puff my image in a, in a glossy magazine. I tell them, <laughs> you know, we, we, we drop at least, uh, we drop a lot of money on, on targeted, funneled advertising to people who are looking at that property. That's um, right. That's how I kind of come, come back on that. That's right. Cool. Thank you on that. Natalie, anything else to add on that? So you have your hands up. I think I gave you... Invite you to speak again. You've got the invite. You can pop in if you want to. Or not. Natalie has something to invite. Invite you as a speaker. There you go. I hit the invite. Somehow it's not letting me in there. Try one more time for you. Boom. Okay. If you want to take it, if not, no big deal. Cool. All right, anything else to add? Any other questions we could do? Let me try you one more time, Natalie. Let me see one thing here. I move it right back up and I ring you up. So you've got an invite to pop if you want to. Okay, well, if you, anything else? pop on in. If not, I want to thank you guys for popping in here. And again, every 2.30 every day, we're in here and we will continue to do that as we keep um, doing this. So I appreciate your time and hopefully you got a couple little nuggets and you have my contact. And if not, it's in my profile. I'm happy to help anybody anytime. So bring it on, follow the process guys and go get some more inventory. That's what I wanted to say.
So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Peace out. Bye-bye.